Good evening, everyone. This is Rico Muhammad coming to you live from Cordell, Georgia tonight. Going to be joined here in a little bit by our special guest, Chuck Snow. So we're here to take your questions. And, of course, we're going to uh, have our normal weekly updates from DAT and also the USDA fruit and vegetable report. But uh, one popular segment that seems to have grown in popularity that we uh, kind of started doing here about a month or so ago is the um, bad broker credit report. Uh, been getting a lot of feedback on that. People are enjoying not necessarily hearing about people that are doing bad things, but just being made aware of some of the companies that are out there that are doing unscrupulous things and, and uh, being reported. And actually, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that every week this list seems to grow. Um, since our last podcast, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, six different people that have been added to this list. I think uh, this the, the first one that makes the entry, uh, they think they were, this is a fresh report, they were reported before Jade Freight Services. MC number 527-673. FMCSA shows that the trust fund is canceled and over $64,000 in non-payment complaints. So you want to make sure that you're looking at your seasoning reports on your um, for your accounts receivable. And also, if you are using factoring services, you want to look at your seasoning reports from your factoring services to make sure that these companies aren't. If you've done anything with them that they're not too far extended, to get make sure that you get in and get a chance to uh, get your revenue for uh, the work and services that you have provided. Uh, the next one on the list, Tenant Truck Lines. MC number is 146754. Over $75,000 in non-payment complaints. The next one on the list is Stay Fresh Distributors, Inc. This is a shipper. Stay Fresh Distributors, Inc. out of Brooksville, Florida. Uh, over $10,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. This, this uh, shipper is listed as an extreme risk. The next one to make the appearance on the list here is Blue Water Logistics Corporation. MC number 484530. Over $9,000 in active non-payment complaints reported. The next one on the list is Our Specialty Transportation Services, LLC, MC number 642821. Trust fund is canceled. Over $109,000 in non-payment complaints. Trans Freight United, LLC, MC number is 761962. Trust fund set to, is set to cancel on 5-4-16. Over $49,000 in non-payment complaints reported. Faith Stewart Transportation Services, LLC. MC number is 406-587. Over $12,000 in non-payment complaints reported. And that Faith Stewart Transportation Lines is uh, will be wrapping up the list this week, but there, as you can see, every week this list seems to grow just a little bit more. Um, there's also that I ran across a little thing that came across. Want to make mention of this one as well? Potential identity theft report. Uh, TTS LLC potential identity theft report. Um, just making sure that you are doing your proper vetting. The company is Progressive Transportation LLC, TTS LLC. Uh, this is the actual reported good company. But a brief description of the incident is it says that TTS LLC is a subsidiary company of Progressive Transportation LLC. And they have received recently been targeted of a scam operation intended to fraudulently solicit freight as an asset-based carrier and fraudulent broker that freight of an underlying third-party asset-based carrier. These individuals are trying to steal fuel advances from the original broker. 
So make sure that you are not being rushed and that you're not um, missing any steps in your vetting processes when you're dealing so that you don't get scammed by some of the things that are going on out here. Um, just want to try to make everyone aware of those things. Let's jump over into the USDA truck rate report for this week. Uh, we have actual little bit of movement in the report this week. We have some movement actually in Central and South Florida is showing a slight shortage of trucks for that area out of Central and South Florida. We have reported slight surpluses at the Mexico crossing through Nogales, Arizona. And we have outright surpluses reported San Luis Valley, Colorado, and in the central to northern part of Florida, we have a surplus of trucks in that area. Minnesota, North Dakota, Red River Valley is reporting a outright surplus as well. All other areas are showing adequate supplies of trucks, but the one to be noted is south and central Florida is showing an actual slight shortage of trucks uh, reported this week. This report is fresh today. It came out today. Um, actually, it was revealed today on Wednesday, but the report ends on Tuesday, April 26th, but the report just came out today on the 26th. And as normally we, we always do, we will post a link of this report up on the Rates and Lanes Facebook page so that you can go take a look at the link, click on it, and get more in-depth inf information off of this report that we don't necessarily get into or cover here on the Rates and Lanes podcast. Um, and that link is up and on board right now on the Rates and Lanes Facebook page. Jumping on over into this week's trend lines report from the DAT. Uh, let's see here. We got to get got to get it set up here. All right. Rates edged down again last week for flatbeds, but van and reefer rates held steady. Demand increased for reefers, especially in the southeast. So let's take a look and get into the U.S. van and demand capacity report for the previous week of April 17th through the 23rd. Van load postings dipped 4% last week, while truck posts held steady. The load-to-truck ratio was unchanged compared to previous week, rounding out to 1.4 loads per truck. The national average van rate was also unchanged. At this time last month, van load postings increased 29% in March compared to February. Truck postings increased 9%, which boosted the load-to-truck ratio 18% from 1.4 up to 1.6 loads per truck. Compared to March of 2015, the ratio is down by 53%. Taking a look and jumping over into the U.S. van rates for the week of April 17th through the 23rd, the national average spot market rate for vans stayed at $1.50 per mile last week, with the one cent decline in the line haul rate offset by a one cent increase in the average fuel surcharge. Uh, the national average for fuel this week is showing at $2.20 a gallon. That is an increase of four cents. Taking a look by regions around the country, starting out in the northeastern portion of the United States, we have Philadelphia, Pennsylvania checking in, showing average rates of $1.55 per mile for dry vans. Moving down into the southeastern portion of the United States, we have Atlanta, Georgia checking in, showing an average rate of $1.65 per mile. Moving up into the Midwest, we have Chicago, Illinois, showing $1.75 per mile for dry vans. Moving down into the uh, south central portion of the United States, we have Dallas, Texas checking in, showing rates at $1.49 per mile coming out of Dallas. And coming out of the west coast, setting the high water mark, the city of Angels, Los Angeles, California, showing $1.83 on average for dry vans coming out of that area. Moving on into the U.S. flatbed and demand capacity report, flatbed load volumes dipped 1% and capacity added 
less than 1% last week. That led to a 2% decline in the load-to-truck ratio, which dropped from 20.2 loads per truck down to 19.8 loads per truck. The national average flatbed rate dropped one cent per mile last week. Same time last month, flatbed load postings rose 66% in March compared to the previous month. Capacity dropped 1%. As a result, the load-to-truck ratio for the month rose 68% from 10.4 to 17.5 loads per truck. Compared to March 2015, the ratio was up 7%. Moving on over and looking to see how the U.S. flatbed rates were performing on the spot market for the previous week. Flatbed spot market rates slipped one cent last week to a national average of $1.90 per mile. The load-to-truck ratio declined 2% down to 19.8 loads per truck. Looking at the different segments across the country, starting out in the northeastern portion of the United States, Harrisburg checks in, showing an average rate for flatbeds at $2.79 per mile, setting the benchmark for flatbeds. Down in the southeastern portion of the United States, Atlanta, Georgia checks in, showing an average rate of $2.22 per mile for flatbeds. Moving into the midwestern portion of the United States, Rock Island, Illinois checks in, showing $2.44 per mile on average. Down in the south-central portion of the United States, Houston checks in, showing an average rate for flatbeds at $1.91. And rounding out the flatbed rate report for the previous week, Phoenix, Arizona, shows $1.68 per mile. That is actually bringing up the rear, coming out of Phoenix on the west coast for flatbeds. Moving over to the reefer demand and capacity report for the week of April 17th through the 23rd, reefer load postings increased 1%, while truck postings decreased 1%. 1%. Last week, as a result, the load-to-truck ratio was unchanged, holding steady at 2.6 loads per truck. The national average rate for reefers held steady at $1.78 per mile. Reefer load postings increased 19% in March compared to the previous month, and truck posts rose 12%. As a result, the load-to-truck ratio rose 6% from 3 loads per truck up to 3.1 loads per truck. Compared to demand of March of 2015, the ratio is down by 65%. Moving over and looking at the rates and how the rates were performing for the previous week, reefer rates held steady at a national average of $1.78. Rates were on the rise in Florida, much of California, but outbound pricing sagged in Chicago and the northeastern portion of the United States. Taking a look around the country, coming out of that northeastern uh, corridor, Elizabeth, New Jersey checks in showing average rates for reefers at $1.48 per mile. Down into that central Florida area, south in the southeastern portion of the United States, Lakeland, Florida checks in, showing average rate for reefers at $1.37. Uh, leading the report out of the Midwest, as always, Green Bay, Wisconsin, showing average rates of $2.31 per mile on the spot market. Down in the Rio Grande, south central portion of the United States, McAllen, Texas checks in, showing average rates of $1.81 per mile. Coming out of the West Coast, Fresno, California checks in, showing average rates at $1.90 per mile. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up your DAT trend lines report for this week. We will put a link of that as well up on the Facebook page for the rates and lanes. So if you would like to see this report for yourself, you can also go there and check out the report there for your viewing pleasure. And let's see, without any further ado, let's go and check and grab our special, I call him our resident mentor. Uh, Chuck Snow, if you don't, if you're unfamiliar with Chuck Snow, he uh, owns Traffics, which is based out of Canada. 
uh, Canada's largest and oldest uh, truck broker out of that area. And and, and Chuck also uh, traffic is also an asset-based carrier, so he has two hats that he comes to the table with prepared to help us glean uh, any kind of information and knowledge that we can from someone that's doing things on a, on a bigger scale than what we may be on. Uh, so take advantage of this time while we got Chuck with us. If you got any questions, you can go ahead and press number one. I see a couple people got their hands raised already, but uh, definitely go ahead and press number one if you want to get in and get a question in to Chuck. And with no further ado, let's grab our good friend Chuck Snow. Chuck, how are you? I'm doing well, Rico. How are you tonight? We are well. We are well, my friend. Good to have you on board. Always good to be here. Well, tell us what's been going on. What you got new cooking up there north of the border there, Chuck? Well, you know, we're we're living with um we're living a different life here than you people do in the United States. Just the way freight moves. Um you know, this oil thing has had a an impact on the economy overall. And I'm seeing, you know, I'm, I'm starting to see a lot of things happen, uh, not positively. There seems to be more, uh, more trucks and more drivers available than what we've seen in a long time. Um, you know, rates are down, but you know, we're um, we're making the best out of it. But certainly, overall, um, I'm seeing rates down, especially on the outbound uh, from Canada into the U.S. and also domestic Canada. There's so much pressure. We have an awful lot of drivers here. We call them COD drivers, Canadian-only drivers. And for one reason or another, they won't cross the border or can't cross the border. And there are some transport companies that just go domestic Canada. And the rail is quite strong in Canada for Western Canada because it's a big country. So when you're shipping from east to west, most freight does go on rail, but some does go by truck. And we were just talking to somebody the other day who did a run from, I think it was Montreal to Calgary for $4,400. And he was saying that last year for the same run, he got 10000 So that's the difference. Yeah. Because in Canada, we're may, so restricted. May even, well, we, you, we may even have some sim- stories similar to this. Maybe not that big of a that drastic, but uh, I, I wouldn't. Be, I would believe that we probably got some of that same stuff going on um, down here in the states as well, because rates have just been so depressed here lately. That um, and 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 it's you know of course it's supply and demand. So, but I've read some things where they're expecting the second quarter to kind of thaw out a little bit. They're expecting us to kind of thaw out a little bit, at least on this end of the uh, of the spectrum. Uh, it's hard to say. Um, you know, in Ontario, where where we operate out of, it's uh, you know manufacturing is our big thing, and of course we're not supplying any of the uh, oil companies with a whole lot of equipment at this time. So that's died. Apparently, now something I heard recently, supplies for oil fields has not been this low since 1947. So that just tells you, you know, you hear these stories from both sides of the border. So you can imagine how much excess capacity that creates with trucks. Right. You have, you know, that much freight that's not being shipped. And, and that seems to make its way into just about every part of our industry. Now, things still need to move. People need to eat. People need to drive cars. They need to take baths, and they, you know, uh, they need to clothe their kids and everything else, and they need furniture. So not everything is is terrible in this economy, but uh, you can certainly see it, especially, um, you know, what we've had happen out west where oil was the, you know, it was the breadwinner for the country. And since that has dried up, it's had effects throughout this country. And uh, Ontario, we were the manufacturing arm. And what's happened here is housing prices have skyrocketed. Part of it's because the Canadian dollar is quite weak as compared to what it was a couple of years ago when it was even with yours. So there's been an awful lot of foreign investment, plus interest rates are low. So people are worried they're not going to, if they don't buy a house now, they'll never own one. So people are buying homes, and, you know, a house in Toronto is at a million dollars. 
Um, and wow. that same house you could probably buy just outside of Cleveland for probably 150 or $200,000. And then hydroelectricity in Ontario is probably the highest in the continent. Talking to my manufacturing clients, their two biggest components of their cost structure, other than perhaps raw materials, is labor and hydroelectricity. Well, of course, when you have employees that have to spend a million bucks on a house, you've got to pay them a lot of money. And then when you have to pay probably three times for as much for hydro in Ontario as you do in, let's say, Ohio, again, that makes it prohibitive to manufacture. And the truckers are seeing this now. Um, you know, we're seeing how little is going into the states compared to a couple of years ago. Um, you know, it's just gotten tougher. But we've been at it so long that we have a pretty good customer base. So we're not feeling it nearly as badly as some of our competition. I'm getting phone calls from competitors of mine and carriers that we work with. And, uh, you know, they've got umpteen trucks parked up against the fence because they just can't get out of Ontario. So it's a uh, – and we don't have the – yeah, we don't have the freedom that you Americans do where we can just kind of, you know, if you're in North Carolina and things are real bad, you can bite the bullet and deadhead 100 miles, let's say, or 150 miles into South Carolina where maybe there's better freight um, or take something into another area. It's a lot different here. So it's a whole different strategy that's required to run a trucking company. All right, Chuck, well, uh we got some people that got got their hands raised. You feel like taking a few questions tonight? Well, let's do it. That's why we're here. All right. Let's see if we let's see if we can grab Jeremy real quick. Jeremy, you're up on board live with Rico and Chuck. How can we help? Hey guys, um, just got my authority in the last year. Um, I'm leased. Congratulations. To a, Congratulations. oh, thanks. Uh, I learned a lot listening to this show, and then I went for it. Uh, I'm leased to a carrier, and uh, things are going well, but I'm ready to add that second truck. And what I'm curious about, and I never thought to ask, could could I lease or put a driver in this truck doing what I'm doing now, uh, you know, them dispatching it and everything, and with my second truck go off and basically run wild, you know, get those two or three different brokers and work off the load boards and try that out now that I have something else kind of doing the meat and potatoes. Uh, is that going to cause any conflicts of interest or anything like that? Um, it's basically something I never thought about till the last week or two. I don't think, you know, I don't think you're going to cause any conflict of interest. I really want you to think about this. Um, what you're about to do is you're taking a huge leap of faith here, and Rico and I have talked about this before. Um, that second truck... You got to be real careful there, Jeremy. You're, you know, all the money you're making, you could blow it. You're, um, you got to be careful because you've got a driver on a truck. You're not with them. You're out on the road going, you know, uh, going wherever. If that driver has problems, who does he go to if he can't get, you know, if he's not able to get hold of you? He's got to break down and everything else. And the other thing I want you to really watch, you got to know your numbers. The numbers will mm-hmm. not lie. So just take it, you know, uh, just take it slowly. Make sure you hire the right driver. That's number one. Uh, and number two, just make sure you, before you get into this that you're going to make money. Because when you're, you've got that truck on with a carrier and you pay that driver, there's usually not much left. We have a company policy. We will not allow somebody that is leased on with us and he's running under our authority and insurance, we will not let them put drivers on trucks. And okay. the reason is because it doesn't work. All right. It's just not enough money at the end of the day. Now, maybe what you're doing pays a little bit better. I don't know what you're doing. But just really, really watch your numbers. Okay. Well, I really appreciate that advice. And I think it, um, it, 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 could, it could be... And I don't think, um, you know, Chuck is trying to give you uh, sage advice. He's not trying. He's wanting you to you know this uh, little word of caution. 
Um, don't don't mm-hmm. think he's, he's not telling you that it can't be done. Uh, it's just going to be you, you have to be when you start involving more people other than yourself. You really have to be much more diligent on staying on top of everything that is going on. I mean, you got to have the pulse of everything that's going on almost before it even happens. Um, and and it definitely, it, it it can be a little bit. Um, once you start hiring employees, the game changes. It definitely changes. So just make sure that you got enough. If you decide that you want to take that take that on, make sure that you got enough of uh, reserves put back that you can absorb a little bit of a downturn um, while you're going through, while you're getting getting your feet up under you and going through your learning curve. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. First thing I just need to know what you guys answered off the bat was whether or not it was even an option for me since I had, you know, made some agreements already with, with truck number one. But, uh, yeah, I'll take well, all that agreements to heart. Are probably, I haven't seen them yet, but I'm going to imagine, number one, those agreements were for truck number one. Um, if you take truck number two, which you're going to drive, and you're going to contact three brokers, let's say, or five brokers and do different work, that shouldn't have anything to do with, um, truck number one. Uh, it's my okay. understanding that slavery ended in uh, the United States in about 1864 or 1865. So unless something's changed, um, <laughs> I think you should be free to do this. All right. Well, I really appreciate it. Uh, I enjoy the show, and uh, I'll, I'll get off and let somebody else have their turn. Thanks again, folks. Good luck, Jeremy. Thank right. you. Thank you, Jeremy. Yeah, good luck. Good luck with that. Um, Let's see here. We got a gentleman named, uh, let's go to Vic. See if we can get Vic up and on board with us. Vic, you're on live with Rico and Chuck. How can we help? Yeah, hi, guys. Um, I've talked to you a couple times before, but um, I've just been kind of, I've been uh, working on kind of, I think kind of taking your advice from past shows as far as trying to kind of get away from the spot market. And I'm still working with some brokers, but it's more relationship wise where um you know i just kind of call them and see what they've got or they call me um some of them call me every day it's been really nice that way but i um what i've been kind of focusing on is i i i run um, rather than just running all over i i started just running between kind of between uh chicago uh milwaukee to minneapolis and running that good man that uh lane but my problem is, is that I kind of, I've got enough time. I've got a couple different places that I can haul down. That that market out of Minneapolis is really, really uh, poor. Um, it, there's there's one. I've got one customer, I guess, that I can haul for. Um, they pay pretty well per mile, um, but it takes sometimes as much as six, seven hours to load. And um, and then I've got another customer that they don't pay very well, but you can usually load, you know, in and out and within an hour or so. And I'm and I'm I'm having trouble trying to decide, you know, if I I, I like hauling for both of them, and I I'm kind of maybe just going to try to alternate back and forth if I can to a point, but. If I if I only have time for two rounds in a week, then my revenue isn't really where I'm happy. But if if I can do three with the uh, the faster load, my revenue is up a little higher. But it, I end up with a lot of deadhead miles and you know significantly lower um, per mile. And um, I'm I'm just kind of wondering if you had you know a suggestion as far as you know is it better to just focus on that. That, I mean, I know you got to. We've got. I've got to run my numbers, obviously. But you, you know, do. that's Vic. Uh, you, before you go on, your numbers are going to tell you which way. You're an accountant. They will guide you. Um, and I'll okay. make a suggestion on your customer in Minneapolis area that pays you good money. Yep. Is there any way of dropping a trailer there? Ah, uh, well, it's flatbed. No, it's all live load. Oh, it's flatbed. Okay. So, yeah. Um, all right, well, flatbed, that won't work. Um, yeah, I, sh- I guess I didn't mention yeah, that. Yeah, your numbers are going to dictate 
whether it's best to to do more uh, more of this work or less of it. Remember something mm-hmm. that the the goal here is to run as few miles as you possibly can per week for as mo- as much money per mile as you can per week. Right. That's your goal. Okay. You don't want to run 3,000 miles a week when you can make more money in the end. Now, remember, when you run 3,000 miles, your, your, uh, your overall, uh, your gross is going to be much higher. But now you're running right. more miles, you're running more deadhead. Take all yeah, that more fuel, more tools. Yeah. Exactly. So, what do you got left? What are you going to net out of that? Um. <laughs> I don't have a good number to give you. I, I've, okay, I've that's been something you've got to figure <laughs> out. Uh, <laughs> right, if I can yeah. give you a suggestion, I mean, though, um, I know Minneapolis is not the hotbed for uh, for freight sometimes, especially for flatbed. Uh, we're running an awful lot of trucks into Minneapolis these days because of an investment I made a year ago, and, but that's all dry van. But may I make a suggestion? Um, why don't you take a look down Iowa? and come back to Chicago, instead of running through Minneapolis and Wisconsin, run south to Iowa and run, see if there's anything around Des Moines. And okay, I, yeah, all right. Uh, I've, because, I've been kind of trying to do that, kind of some kind of a, a triangle like that. And I, Iowa is, I don't know, I, I haven't had much luck down there, but I, I maybe need to work at it a little harder, too. I just, I've, every time I've gone down there, I've kind of gotten skunked, but... Um, um, I like running the area. You know, it's a great lane to run. Oh, yeah. It's just. Uh, I agree. It's, um, it's just, my suggestion uh, is, why don't you call some brokers in uh, in Des Moines, and okay. you know, right around that area. You know, so you're going straight down. You're not really doing any deadhead. Um, you just go back from Minneapolis to um, Chicago. You got a few miles extra, but why don't you call some brokers in the Des Moines area? Tell them what days you're going to be there and see if they have anything for a flatbed coming All back right. to Chicago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, that's a good idea. I do. I need to work on that a little a little more. That would kind of solve my problem because I would have, you know, I'd be able to keep that revenue stream rolling throughout the whole week instead of ending too early or, or having to work into the weekend. Exactly. So. And, and I do find that Iowa is a real industrious little state. Okay. All right, I need to work on that then. That's great. Okay, buddy, you take care. Good luck to you. All right, thank you. Yep, bye. All right. Well, Chuck, um, I'll wait to see if we get, get a couple more questions to come in. Uh, got a question. Wanted to get your take on the whole autonomous trucking uh, thing. I've been seeing a lot of posts here lately. There's a lot of stuff showing that uh, – the autonomous trucks, the you know, the driverless trucks may be a little bit closer than what um we may initially first thought. I seen a a great video uh last week that was showing a fleet of these autonomous trucks going down the highway. Of course they still need drivers when they get to local cities, but I mean but it was kinda impressive to see uh three or four trucks going down the highway with no drivers driving them and, and uh, actually looked like they were doing pretty well. Um Hey, you, you got a take on this whole autonomous truck situation that's coming down the pipe? Well, you know, I, I understand that there's, um, you know, there's a real demand for it and people want to invest in it and it's going to cost us an awful lot of money. But, again, you, you're not going to have those seats empty. Uh, this is going to be – this is a real expensive toy that we're, in, re-in, that we're inventing. Um, I don't know. I, I – I realize that it makes some sense, uh, but I think it's to really put it into effect. And until you can run two or three or four trucks autonomously without drivers at all, okay, and until you get to that exit and then you, you, know, you, uh, you take all the trucks off of the highway and onto an exit ramp or onto a big parking lot, and then you put drivers in them. Until we do that, we haven't really solved the problem. We're playing. And I wish to God we should right. take all this money that we're investing in this and, 
and do other things, put it into infrastructure maybe, maybe build roads, maybe teach four-wheelers how to drive. Um, you know, and that's one of the things that is really bothering me. We and uh, we share the road with all these four wheelers and the government legislation, more so in the United States. You know, I come from a uh, a background where we fought uh, regulation and we were so pro deregulation and to get our you know get rid of the ICC and uh, you know and and how much they controlled transportation and. It's all coming back again. Now, they're not controlling rates, but there's certainly Big Brother is watching us, and it's ridiculous. Um, you know, we're not causing the crashes. The people that are causing all the crashes are those idiot four-wheelers, and they're getting worse by the day. I just wrote a blog about it recently, and, uh, and I would, took a trip down to Kentucky last week, and they just, every time I drive on the roads, they just seem to be getting worse. Um, maybe if we spent some time educating four-wheelers, we would be better off. Uh, This whole thing is is crazy with these autonomous trucks. I think that, um, you know, some of the manufacturers are getting some great publicity. And, yeah, there's going to be – I can see using them um, at some point in – uh, in areas like, you know, in Wyoming and places like that, you're not going to put them in places like, uh, you know, going through Chicago or any big cities. You know, it's a dream. You know, it, it makes great press for for truck magazine writers. But I really <laughs> think that I think that way too much money and too much energy is being put into these things. Because um, at the end of the day, we still are going to need drivers. Why don't they just pay, you know, why doesn't the industry just start paying drivers more? You don't need autonomous trucks. You right. still need guys behind the wheel. You know, come back to me when you don't need people behind the wheel. Or what about we do what they do in Australia? That makes a lot more sense. And we could do that tonight where we have road trains and you have five truck, five trailers being pulled by one tractor. Soup up your horsepower a little bit. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't have to be a thousand horses and, and pull five trailers and look at how much, you know, we talk about clean air. All of a sudden we take four trucks off the road. That solves the problem. And, uh, yeah, I, I never thought there. about it. Right, right. Well, let's see here. We got our good friend, uh, Actually, uh, belated birthday man uh, there, Mr. George Hicks, on the line with us, I believe. Let's, let's go and see what George is talking about. How you doing, George? Hi, George. Hey, gentlemen. Uh-oh. Did we lose George? I don't know if we lost. He came here for a second and he faded back out. Let's, George, are you there? George is up there in New York. He might have to go out there on the patio. We'll put him back on hold and see if we can. Hang on. See if we can see if we, we'll put him on hold for just a second, see if we can come back to him and, and grab him here in just a second. Okay. Oh, it seems like he popped back in for a second. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see if he got him back in there. Hey, George, are you there? Yes, I am. Is that better? Much better. That's a okay. lot better. I, well, I don't, I don't know what was up. I just walked out to the garage. Hey, don't bring this birthday thing up. It, it was 50 yesterday, and, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a big step. And, you know, Kim and I went out for a walk with the dog today. She goes, well, how's it feel for the first day of being 50? And I'm like, nah, that really doesn't matter. Still feel like I'm acting like I'm 20. <laughs> Good for you. Happy you birthday, Congrats. buddy. Congratulations. Thank you. You know, I, I, I've got a wonderful wife and a wonderful family that uh, really kind of put together quite a, quite a week so far and, you know, really took care of me. And, uh, you know, we've had a good week. But, uh, you know, with, with your comments about the autonomous trucks, uh, Chuck and Rico, we have those right now. They're called trains. <laughs> yes, you know, sir. I mean, you know, wh- whether they're as efficient as they claim to be. But, I mean, you have a good point. You know, maybe if it sets something up once you get to – you know, uh, Texas, Iowa, you know, draw a line up and down from there, you know, uh, uh, doubles or triples start running, you know, kind of like they do up here on the thruway in the Northeast. Um, 
you know, I, I think there's certainly some possibilities there. But uh, what what had me wanting to call in is, you know, when Jeremy's talking about adding a driver when he called in, your first caller, really go in there and really start looking at, you know, what is out there, what you have for business. Um, obviously, my model is working very well for us. I think if you're going to work off a situation of, you know, shooting from the hip and load boards and, Having somebody else control much of your destiny in that, I think you're you're crazy to put a driver on. I, I know there's many out there that succeed, but you better sit there and look at so many of your costs. Look at what the taxes are going to be. You've got payroll. You have workman's comp. I mean, in New York, workman's comp is 19%. And, you know, that's a chunk of change. Now, when, when Kim and I ran the cost-benefit analysis last year about adding a driver, you know, we went through all that, and, and everything worked for us. But I also have it dedicated directly to a customer. And it, we have been so fortunate with it coming together. It has had its hiccups. Um, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, he hasn't, you know, had some issues here and there and, and cost us some money. But it has all worked out in the long run. And probably the biggest compliment I got from my customer last week who runs their own fleet of trucks also pretty much saying to me how they were concerned about phone calls they get from drivers and complaining about this. And I, this is wrong. And Oh, my fingernail hurts and I can't drive. And I looked at him, I said, do you get any of that from, from me? He goes, no, your driver's the only one that we don't hear from. (laughs) And of course I took that as an opportunity to sit down and say, really is one enough? (laughs) You know, because they, you know, it's, you know, it is. It's kind of building and blossoming. Now, you know, it could be gone in a heartbeat, but it is working out well. But you have George, to so know you're, what you're fairness, up against. everybody, though, your situation is unique. And I'll say this on the air. If anybody's listening that wants to put that second truck on, go for it if you've got freight, direct freight from a customer. The problem is, is when you're dealing with brokers and third parties and other trucking companies and they're taking whatever it is, even if it's 8% off, you need that 8% to operate and pay all of these extra, uh, you know, these extra employment taxes, whether it's WSIB or pension or benefits, whatever. And also remember that those drivers, when they're not with you, are going to probably burn a little bit more fuel than you would. Uh, they're not going to check tire pressure. I've seen that. I've seen guys leave Toronto and not check their tire pressure and come all the way back from California without checking it, uh, where people that are paying for their tires, they check their tires. And it's all those little things that add up. And when a driver doesn't, you know, you give a driver a brand-new set of tires and he goes to Chicago and, you know, somewhere between Toronto and Chicago and back, you've got two tires that are uh, scrap. And, you know, he hit something on the road. Well, you weren't there. You may not have hit that thing on the road because you would be paying that much more attention because those tires are going to cost you out of your pocket. Where when you have employees, they all of a sudden, it's different. I'm not saying all employees are like that, but that's a chance you take. Well, 100% right. And, and yes, I've got one tire in that situation of um... – you know, that did cost. And he goes, Oh, you know, sorry, this happened. I took a chunk out of the tire and I'm like, well, yeah, you know, but I worked to try to explain and saying, well, that's now a $400 repair. I said, that's something we need to, you know, but you work to educate because, you know, employees are very valuable assets. But as I talk about things with cost, I mean, we're, we are a small company, but looking at all of this as we're, building and putting things together, I need to look at other things of, okay, what other benefits can I start to offer him? Cause I don't want him getting more experience and going somewhere else. He has regular routes. He knows where he runs three days a week. He knows his situation. He knows his truck. He knows how everything works, but now I need to look at, okay, do we put in something of a you know, bonus program? I, and I don't like the bonus program, but I want to say like a profit sharing or a, a 401k um, benefits. He's able to get covered um, for himself, which, you know, medical, but I mean, these are things you need to all factor in to be there to, to have somebody that's content and happy. But 
you know, not to, to bash on anyone, but, you know, I, it was a tough thing for me. Nobody's going to do it exactly the way I'm doing it. No. And, and understand that and try to accept it. Cause trust me, I'm still trying to, to accept that. Um, but it's a big step for us, but we are seeing how the payout is there, but I'm also not in a situation of seeing any sort of numbers and rates of anything that, you know, Rico talked about on the top of the show. Right. You know, I mean, the work is out there. You know, I've said this, you know, till I'm blue in the face and many people can't stand me and they get so upset about hearing it and get angry at me. But you need to understand freight and transportation is a nuisance to the manufacturer and the person, the people that need freight move. They want it taken care of. They want to know it's going to be taken care of. They don't want that nightmare and headache of, oh, it's 8 o'clock in the morning. Is it delivered? This isn't that hard. No, but what's happened as a result of that is they have gone to, they've gone to third-party brokers, depending on how big they are, but an awful lot of them have, and they put out RFPs or RFQs. And for those that don't know what that means, it's a request for pricing or a request for quotation. And all the carriers, instead of going to the customer direct, Carriers now seem to have to go to these third-party services, whether it's – and uh, some of them are working as brokers, and some of them are just managing um, – they're just managing RFQs. But more and more business is being done that way and less transactional. And, Correct. And that makes it very, very difficult for your person that's got one or two trucks that does not have an existing relationship with a shipper because I know when you call a shipper now and you say it's, you know, uh, it's Rico Mohammed from Crescent Carriers, they go, well, you're the 12th call I've had this morning. Goodbye. Or the other one is, sorry, we can't give you the name of our traffic or logistics manager. Um, and you can't find these people. And it makes our job as salespeople very hard. George, because of your past experience, You've got a leg up on a, most of the people that are listening to this podcast because you yeah, know, you know and I, and I, won't, I, I won't deny that, but but let's clarify. I mean, you know, it has been stated directly to me that you know, and and Facebook has probably been, you know, Chuck, you're a smart man for not being there. I really need to get away from it. I, I've made some great friends, but it's a time sucker. But I've had I've had people make accusations. Oh, well, when you started another career because you had troubles four years ago. No, that's not at all what happened. What I spent did was for the last 20 years building a foundation for me to build a business on. Yeah. And that takes a lot of work. Yes, I had the sales background. I had the connections. But I didn't go anywhere to any of my previous employers and steal business that they were already doing. Right. I found a niche to go after stuff that none of them – could do, would do, or we're going to be willing to do. But the work is out there. you found that need. You know what? You took, a, uh, you took a need, and you had a supply, and when you, have, uh, when you have that and you put the two of them together, you have success. Yeah, and, and like you were saying, you know, the, the dreaded R word, relationships. Build those relationships. I mean, for God's sakes, Joe Cox and I talk a, lo- a, lo- a lot probably every day if sometimes maybe twice a day. I mean, you know, he has an account that he's been with for, I think it's 23, 27 years. You know what? That's, you know, you want to be with people that you're doing business with where, you know, they don't call and say, oh, you're with who? No, you want them to be when they have a problem. Hey, you know what? Just call George. Maybe he has an idea. Yeah. But also don't be afraid to say to them, I can't do it. Oh, no, but if you're going to do you it, you never... better deliver. You can't say that. One of the issues today, or challenges, I should say, in business is America's large corporations and Canada's too are working diligently to remove the relationship out of um, from supplier to customer. They want it all based on dollars and cents. Hence, these RFQs. They don't want us to have a relationship. We sign documents with customers that we can't take their people out for dinner or lunch or breakfast or bring them coffee or give them pens or anything. You know, that's the new world order. Wow. Another thing, Chuck, wow. stay, stay away from those situations. I mean, you're, you know, the RFP and the RFQs are going to go 
you know, to the very large shippers that have the volume. The little guy, they're not going to do that. They just want the service. No. They want the peace of mind. You're right. And, and um, when it comes down to it, bottom line, freight is just another line item to their product that they're selling. And, and, I, you know, and I think what ha- has happened is you have you know, the broker model has taken that out of the mix and turned it into a, a chopping block in order to be their avenue of where they make all their money. And they do very well at it. Oh, yeah. By all means. And they're providing that service for those customers. You know, the carriers need the brokers as much as the brokers need the carriers. Yeah. It's a, you know, and I remember years right. and years and years ago uh, when I got into it, at that time, guys were running empty one way. And we, you know, that was the whole idea that um, when we first started was to put an end to those empty miles and be that service to those truckers so that instead of going down to New Jersey to pick up that great load that paid $1,200 back then, uh, you could take a load down for 700 Now you're going down for, you know, a $1,900 round instead of a $1,200 round. And that's what made us so successful immediately. Yeah, but, but what happened is, you know, now you have more people trying to do that, but what they have done is compromise that $1,200 dynamic, you know, dynamite service that they have offered to get another load that has now held them up, and now that round trip has taken three days instead of, you know, day and a half or two days. Yeah, uh, definitely. And what they've done is if you look at the whole cost of it of going over time, you know, they're making less and doing more. Right. Totally hey George, I appreciate the, I, I I appreciate you calling in, my friend. We got a couple more people. We about getting close cool. on time. Very good. Uh, good time. Happy, we'll talk to you happy soon. belated birthday. Yes, sir. Happy belated birthday to you, you again. Well, George. Let's see if we can yep, get a couple of more in here before we get out of here. Let's see. We got Corey. Corey, you up on live with Rico and Chuck. How can we help? Uh, you sparked my interest with the automatic truck things. I don't even know how to say it. But uh, I read an article about them, and there's a, there's a few things about them. Um, they got to be tested for 10 years before the government will even approve them to be safe to, to operate on the road, like, in a large scale. Um, they won't drive in the snow. They won't pass. I mean, they've got some serious issues. Uh, I heard one thing in the article was uh, uh, there could be possibly lower driver pay. Uh, I don't know why anybody would even want to drive one. If I did, I'd be online school or something trying to get a degree until I could get out of the truck. <laughs> but uh, Swift, I talked to a, a driver that was working for Swift. A lot of people make fun of Swift drivers, and I just asked them, you know, how you like it. And I teamed with a, an ex-Swift driver in the past, so I know they're huge. But he told me, I can't remember the exact date. I think he said 2020. It might have been 2030. I'm pretty sure it's 2030, but he said Swift is planning on having every single one of their trucks automated like that with the driver in it at first. But I, I just thought that was crazy. But that's a huge company planning on most of their trucks being those computer trucks. If it's true, I mean, that's what another driver told me. Yeah, you know what? I don't know if I don't I don't know if anybody could pin a date. You know, it's nice to say we're going to do this by this date, but it's not really up to you. It's up to the advancement of technology, and you start talking about yeah. these things not being able to pass and not being able to drive in snow. Um, well, you know, we got a lot of green drivers coming out of schools that can't, you know, <laughs> they can't pass and they can't drive in snow either. So why even bother with these autonomous <laughs> trucks? Just hire these guys out of the schools. <laughs> well, that was Save the money. Swift has, a lot of, Swift has a lot of school drivers. How are they going to get experience if they're sitting in a truck that drives itself? You know, you know they're going to be drive they're going to be driving three years and still not know anything when they get done. I got to tell you something: trucks and cars today are getting stupider. Um, you know, even my yeah. wife's car. My wife has a uh, little Mercedes, and it's got these sensors so that if somebody is beside you, uh, you there's a red light on the mirrors, and that's all great. But I'm thinking to myself, my God. What happens when those red lights go out and, and there's a malfunction? Are you, oh, you yeah. become a sloppy driver? And all of these things um, that we have 
that are supposed to make us you know, better and safer, and some of them do. There's no two doubts about it. But I think it stops us from using our abilities. And I think when we, when we stop using our abilities, I think we become weaker. I know myself, when we had our terminal going in Calgary, Alberta, every time I got off the plane, I would just punch in wherever I was going in my Garmin. And after going there several times, I realized one day that I had no sense of direction in that city. I didn't know east from west, from north to south, because I was always paying attention to this Garmin. And it's and the it same thing in. with driving. Yeah. Um, you know, and I realized we have rollover protection, for example. That's a great thing. But is that going to teach drivers to maybe be a little bit more cautious because now they don't have to be cautious because they have rollover protection? Yeah. And they have all these sensors. Right. Um, you know, our, our new trucks that we've leased from Ryder, you know, they're automatic. I had a driver today. I was going to take him out for a road test in one of the automatics, and something happened. And another fellow had to go into that truck. And he took it in an old freight shaker with a 13-speed, and he was a European fellow. And he said to me in a thick accent, he goes, well, thank God, now I feel at home driving this 13-speed. You know, it was, I yep. understand that. Um, and nothing against the automatics. You know what, they're doing a great job. They've come a long way. But to me, it's like driving a motorhome. It's not really driving a truck. But I realize there's a place for them. My truck's automatic. <laughs> hey, you know what? I can drink coffee and turn. <laughs> I think everybody's truck's going to be automatic pretty soon. I like it. Yes, sir. I mean, yes, sir. Well, you got to learn. A, you, you, we, we, yep. Have a good day. Appreciate the call, Corey. Thanks. And Thanks, ladies and gentlemen, we're getting close to that time. Just want to do a little bit of house cleaning before we get out of here. Of course. CMC Live 2016 is up and fast approaching. This year is going to be in Council Bluffs, Iowa, May 16th through the 20th. If you're interested in signing up and participating in the CMC this year, go to LessTruck.com. That's L-E-T-S-T-R-U-C-K.com, LessTruck.com. There is a place on there where you can begin to go ahead and, and hit your registration and get all that stuff taken care of. I believe that Kevin and Lisa and the uh, they they have the uh, payment options available for you there as well. So go to letstruck.com if you plan on participating in the CMC Live this year. Great event, great opportunity to go out networking. And I think Chuck, uh, you you're going to the CMC this year? Oh yeah, I wouldn't miss it for anything. Rico, I want to uh, I want to just add to that that the um, the CMC is just something that. Uh, Everybody that has a truck or is thinking about getting one, spend the money, take the time, go down there, attend this. You will make money on this uh, event because you're going to learn so much. Um, You know, if you're going to spend 3,000 bucks, including your hotel, uh, to get down there, uh, you will triple your money. If you've got a business where you can afford to take um, a week off, and go back to school. This was never available when I bought my first truck, trust me. And this can save you so much in time and money and aggravation. Somebody, imagine you've got trucking Sherpas that are going to show you the way to profitability. This was never available. It's been bump and grind for the last 42 years that I know of uh, until this thing happened. So guys and girls out there, listen uh, to us and try this. It's a it's a sure way to success if you listen to the stuff they tell you. Good deal, good deal. So like, once again, go check out LessTruck.com. We want to give kudos and thanks to Mr. Chuck Snow for taking time out of his busy schedule. Go check him out at uh, Traffics.com. Chuck, you got a phone number you want to give out real quick? Sure, 800-388-4352, extension 203. Uh, or just send me an email, Chuck at Traffics, that's T-R-A-F-F-I-X.com, and I'm helping people all the time. Don't be shy. I will get back to anybody that has questions or needs a hand with something or is facing a dilemma. Um, it gives me an opportunity to give back to an industry that's given so much to my family and I. And as always, thanks to you guys for taking time out of your schedule for taking uh Come tuning in, listening, and participating with us here 
on the Racing Lanes podcast. We greatly appreciate it. God willing, we'll see you guys again here, same time, same channel next week. Uh, and until then, be safe out there, everybody. God bless you. Thank you, and good night. Thanks again, Chuck. God bless. Good night, Rico. Good night.